everybody, and welcome back to Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and some very special guests this night over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Something very special is happening in this very moment in throughout the world, but in a particular way in this Toledo place. So, Stephanie, share the story. Probably seven years ago, um, we were back in Erie, Pennsylvania, visiting um, my I say favor brother because I can claim it. I have nine brothers <laughs> and it just happens. You know, the they baby brother it. should be the favorite. And they all know so, it. So um, uh, visiting beloved brother and his very dear wife, who's one of my dearest friends. And as we were sitting and talking and just being saturated in that familial love, um, she had her, my sister-in-law, Melanie, had her first grand mal seizure right in front of us. And um, so I kind of scooped up their kids, you know, to remove them from the situation and called 911 and um, obviously very emotional and just crazy. And we we're praying and um, she stopped breathing amidst it was turning blue. And as Providence would have it, my brother had just learned CPR a couple of weeks prior, was recertified or, but it had, it was like all fresh. And so um, he literally revived her and um, praise God, she was fine. And um, but just in that theme of revival this night, thinking about that story, and that's the physical realm, which we know doesn't last forever, right? And so, what are the ways that we need to be awakened to that spiritual revival that we are in desperate need of in our own personal lives, in our, you know, families' lives, in the community in which the Lord has placed us? So let's introduce our guests. Wait, let me ask you. Yes. Greg, why are these wonderful folks here Thank tonight? you for asking yes. me, Steph. Um, they have profoundly touched me personally mm-hmm. in their witness directly to me, but um, as much or more in their leadership of giving their lives, of being all in, in every aspect of their lives that I have seen, of others coming to more fully know Jesus Christ. They recognize that he is the only answer. He's the only one who is going to solve, uh, fulfill that deepest desire in our hearts. And I've seen them lead throughout this city in so many ways relentlessly and blessed to be part of them shoulder to shoulder and many opportunities to do that. We're going to showcase some of those tonight and talk about them coming up in particular, just to pique your appetite. We're going to talk about something coming up Friday and then Saturday for seven weeks. So before we get there, just to give you a little bit of a curiosity interest. Herzogs, who are you people? We're the Herzogs. <laughs> you, want Take that. <laughs> you, want more? you want more than that? Yes. Sure. What do you do? What's your calling uh, in this life besides awesome husband and father? Well, we love to ride motorcycles mostly, but um, we pastor uh, a vineyard church in town. And uh, we also are giving oversight to a, a, like a, pastors group in the city we kind of oversee help oversee it getting pastors and leaders together to pray worship and encourage one another and that's just a little coloration there when i moved here seven years ago i was invited to join them and i walked into a room of maybe 30 men and women in a circle earnestly seeking the heart of god there was such an authenticity 
Um, and I was deeply moved. A number of them had ministered to me, had sort of a prophetic word, which many of our listeners who, by the end of tonight, you'll have a greater understanding. I want to say strongly, most of you are probably Catholic, and I just can't pronounce strongly enough, Catholics, this this is in our faith. This is in our tradition. And uh, what I experienced there was a, a, a fresh anointing of God's grace in that room. And the fact that there were um, pastors who were united together, uh, seeking the heart of God for this area was very, very moving to me. And to be part of that um, was very beautiful. So, And if I could just add, Barb, my first mm. encounter with Barb Herzog, um, didn't know her name other than what I saw on a name tag. Our daughter, Catherine, had a broken wrist and it was the end of the school year and we were doing a lunch out as a special treat. And this beautiful uh, faith-filled, spirit-filled woman came up very gently to our daughter um, and asked if she could pray for healing over her arm. And so I share that because it's real deal, you know, like public place, mm. you know, she didn't know us. And um, and again, we were newer to the area that year. And so just the Lord used that in so many ways. So thanks, Barb. Now, the wonderful canards who our listeners have heard on this show before, look it up on um, Ignite Radio Live podcast sites and hear their story again. But what can you tell us? Who are you people? For those who've never heard of you. <laughs> well, my name is John. Uh, it's my lovely wife, Jessica. Uh, yeah. We currently attend uh, North Point Church where we serve as worship leaders. Uh, Greg, we met probably the better part of 10 years ago, I want to say. Would have been at least seven years, but I yeah. don't mind that. It, yeah. Seven the richness could be 10, 20, 30. Who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, we've been married for, uh, we're going on, coming up on three years yes. and uh, three beautiful years. And, uh, you know, God's doing big things. And uh, we're very blessed to be a part of uh, the ministry that is One Heart, One City. Mm-hmm. Uh, very excited to see what God's going to be doing uh, with us and through us as we partner with uh, what we consider to be a coalition of uh, Amen. brothers and sisters in Christ. Beautiful. By the way, if you want to see John, go to the Sam's Club gas station <laughs> and refer to that scripture passage, look up from whence shall come your help. <laughs> Emphasis on looking up. That's great. He's like 6'10", beautiful man <laughs> who is just in a loving, beautiful way, present to so many there. They refer to mm. him as pastor of the pump. And uh, we've just been blessed to know him and share that relationship with uh, some of our other listeners. Mr. Uh, Hertzfeld, of course. Shout out to Phil and Jackie, beautiful family, and many others. That just in this community, you never would expect, but because of a little bit of risk, a little bit of reaching out, I might say authenticity, living our faith, these connections are being forged. Mr. Cuppet, and did I pronounce your last name? I'm always getting it wrong. David Cuppet. Is that correct? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Awesome. A brother whom I've met, and you've heard him now on our radio program and podcast. Tell us a little bit about, little bit about you, David. Well, um, I've been married for 28 years. Awesome. Uh, three. And um, I just, I love the Holy Ghost, man. Mm. And yeah. I love to see people physically, uh, spiritually encounter the Holy Spirit. He's tangible. Amen. And, um, you know, I have a ministry. It's called Five Stones Ministries. Um, I spent the last uh, four or five years focused on India and uh, just love to take uh, the power of the Holy Spirit and the supernatural uh, to the people. Um, I believe it's the greatest witness mm-hmm. on earth. 
Um, you can't argue with people that are uh, tangibly transformed um, by the spirit. And, uh, you know, I, I just believe there are great things that the Lord's going to do here in Toledo. Um, I believed it so much. I moved my family here. So, Ooh, And we are grateful. Absolutely. Folks, you're tuning in to Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. And our theme is revival and commercial number one this coming Saturday uh, at 6 p.m. Rust Belt Coffee House is going to be the first of seven in a series of a Holy Spirit school, School of the Holy Spirit. And Saturday's date is? Saturday's date is uh, September 12th. Yeah. And I'll get back because actually there's the Friday, but we'll go Saturday is an opportunity, first of seven to more fully encounter the Holy Spirit who fashioned us for his presence, his indwelling presence, who wants us, as Matthew Kelly says, to be the best versions of ourselves. If some of you, like myself, are aware of maybe dry bones, maybe we're experiencing that, you know, uh, seizure, if you will, in our lives. Maybe it's even, it has been that bleak and anywhere in between, God He's called us to a place of intimacy with him. He wants us to know his profound love, his comfort. He wants us to know his restoring, transforming presence. Whatever's going on in our lives, he wants us to open that door to more fully encounter him and who we are in him. So David is going to be leading that uh, series. He's done this. 5,000 different pastors throughout the country have been blessed by his leadership, and we in this area are blessed to experience it. You can find out more at vineyardtoledo.org. Vineyard vineyardtoledo.org. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll see this. It's absolutely free. Uh, that's right. I said free. So I hope to meet some of you there this, this Saturday. Now, let me back it up. The night before Friday, we are going to be doing the first of Friday Revival Nights is what we're calling them. Friday Revival Nights at Swan Creek, 515 because the sun sets earlier. So we did this earlier in the summer when the sun would hang out a little longer, but now it's down at 730. So what do you, what can you expect if you go to Swan Creek this Friday, the pavilion and the airport highway side? You're going to hear some very beautiful worship. You're going to hear some moving stories, true stories of conversion. And you're going to experience a little bit of David's gift um, of opening the door, helping us to more fully encounter the Holy Spirit, his gift of prophecy in particular that uh, God has gifted him with. I have to say, we were blessed to experience this maybe a month ago, um, this community where we did three nights in a row. We aired some of that on Ignite Radio Live. Here's your opportunity again. So Friday night, September 11th, 5.15 p.m., bring your supper, absolutely free, at the Pavilion Airport Highway side. Thus goes commercial number one. All right. Well, and if you can't come that early, come when you're able to. Like, don't let that time stop you from coming. Come and experience um, what the Lord desires to bring to you. Um, if it's at 6 o'clock, come at 6. If it's at 6.30, come at 6.30. But just whatever you can bring as your gift to the Lord, um, He can never be outdone in generosity. So let's go deeper into this theme of revival. We use these words, and sometimes they may sound just elusive, right? Ethereal revival. And that may be, uh, I don't know, highfalutin. How's that for a word? Highfalutin word. I'm going to edit that out. Um, <laughs> um, so Stephanie began sharing a very real story of her sister-in-law needing revival. She had a seizure and her husband recognizing the signs, recognizing that her body was there, but it was not functioning correctly. And her beloved 
All the imagery is here, right? The analogy, her beloved, her spouse saw these signs and responded and had the grace and the gift to literally revive her physical life. So in simple form, all of us to one degree of another, if we're honest, may find areas in our lives that aren't functioning, that aren't alive, that are like Ezekiel 37, dry bones, and we're in need of being revived. We don't quite know where to turn, right? That world is pointing us in different directions and we try some of those things and eventually we discover that they're very short-lived. They just anesthetize us, so they medicate us. And at some point we get honest. And that's where I invite all of us now to maybe, you know, consider in this moment in history with everything happening in the culture around us, the opportunity, the invitation that God is offering us to turn to him in a, in a full way and receive his grace. But just to color this in a little bit, I want to ask our guests, we'll begin with the Herzogs, how do you guys in your church and in your ministry with Merge and throughout this city, how do you understand revival and how do you see it happening? Well, I don't know. I'm, it's a great question. I always say I just grew up pagan. I knew nothing about God. Uh, yet, you know, at some point, you know, through you know, dating, Barb, uh, you know, I was introduced to Jesus. Now, it took a long time because I had, I was, uh, it was absolutely nothing that I had, but it, over the journey, I had uh, people witnessing to me. I had, I, mm. I had a guy that just spent hours with me. Mm. And awesome. uh, at the same time, there was a move in the, in the States in the, called the Jesus movement. Mm -hmm. And there were just, there was thought, millions of us came to Christ in different places in different ways. Um, and I, I, you know, that's the time back then is very similar to the time. Now there was, there was riots in the street. Mm. There was burning of things down. There was trouble on the college campuses, on and on and on. And in the middle of that, uh, and really the young people of this place got turned on to Jesus. Mm, awesome. So that's the ache in my heart. You know, and I, what I was saying prior would be, you know, how do I see that in my church? I Opening up a school of the Holy Spirit is one of those places where I want my church, I want those that know to be stirred up mm -hmm. into the things of the Spirit and things God wanted to get us boldness to be out in the streets, be talking to our neighbors. Um, and so I see this as a an opportunity, but a key part of um, what I, I think God is doing in our own local church to stir things up. And then I think that was about it. That's awesome. Barb. Yeah. Well, obviously, I was part of the G Jesus movement also, but in Ohio, not in California. And um, really, uh, over the years, we've been a part of the Toronto Blessing and Lakeland um, Revival in Florida. And, you know, there have been there have been um, moves of the Holy Spirit where people are just have been drawn uh, to Jesus mm -hmm. and to back to their first love. but. But really, for there's been that hunger at different phases, a real hunger for the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I really think that that's what's needed, and that's what's going to, a, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit is what's going to bring in this next great awakening that I believe we're going to see a billion souls come to Christ mm -hmm. in the near future. It's already started, but... It, it, it's a supernatural move of God. We've seen people revived in these different moves. We've seen pastors that were totally worn out. We've seen incredible signs and wonders. 
but we need it. So we need him so desperately right now in our nation and in the park on Friday night is an opportunity for us to just um, offer the Holy Spirit uh, to people walking by. Mm -hmm. And then David's going to be teaching on it and people are going to be actually participating on Saturdays. So I'm excited for this next move of God that's happening. That's, that's wonderful. Folks, we're, again, talking about revival, about the presence of the Holy Spirit, and just setting the stage right now, asking our wonderful guests here, you know, what's their understanding of revival and maybe how are they seeing it happen? Kennards, what are your thoughts? Uh, for us, uh, we think revival could, could possibly happen on an individual basis uh, with people. Uh, we've noticed in our church uh, in particular there's a there's a strong unified spirit of people uh whoever sunday they uh come with expectation and just this sort of unfiltered raw just uh leaning into god's presence mm -hmm. anticipating authentic encounter but on the street level as as i say uh working with the people that i encounter on a day-to-day -day basis um i'm seeing almost this need for rust to be shaken off Mm -hmm. and sort of a, a veneer to be lifted from people who profess to be uh, believers. I've encountered quite a few of them who, for whatever the reason, uh, have latched on to false narratives mm -hmm. uh, that are pervasive in our culture. And I have to sort of basically lay out, reintroduce them to the gospel of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. in order to try to undo the foothold that Satan sort of has on them in the sense of this of spiritual blindness. So I think for a lot of Christians, it's going to have to be a, a, a re-encounter uh, mm -hmm. of, of uh, you know, you, you mentioned dry bones. And uh, it seems like I've encountered quite a few uh, in, the, in the last couple of weeks since our last uh, gathering together. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think for a lot of people, it's going to have to be a spiritual shaking uh, removal of rust, uh, even even a breaking of chains. Mm -hmm. John, that's awesome. And I want to put you on the spot in a moment. Um, you and I, as well as David and Bill and Barb, at this point know a number of common names of people that we've experienced at these events that have come alive, that have been actually those dry bones, that have been prophesied to, that have come alive, that we've literally taken under our own roofs, you guys have, we have, to continue to journey with them and walk with them. We've seen them experience the power of God alive in them. And you, John, in particular, I see you often, whether it be Sam's Club or wherever, uh, there's rarely a time that goes by where you're not saying, hey, Greg, lift up a woman who this, a man who that. Like, you are you are known at this point, and, and you've been made yourself known at that place as somebody uh, who is a listening ear and who can bring wisdom and who can bring a word of love and, and knowledge. And uh, for folks who may, may not see or may not know, John is, you know, this doesn't matter, but a person of color, black, we, again, these narratives are not consequential to us. But so John is in a very unique place um, for those who experience perhaps in the black community, uh, all the frustration, all the frustrations and anxieties that um, come with the things happening today, and certainly those who are not black or white who experience it. And John constantly, when he speaks of narrative, he constantly brings us to a place of realizing our fundamental identity is as sons and daughters of God in Jesus Christ. That's what matters. And the more John speaks this and tells me about this and the people, it's healing 
It's unifying. It's transforming. So now I'm going to put you on the spot, John, because you said we need to reintroduce the gospel. So I'm going to give you an action, an opportunity in the Catholic faith. We call it the kerygma, the seed. Like what is the essence? If you didn't know anything about this person, Jesus Christ, I know you can do it because you laid it out for me a number of times when you would share uh, this message to people who, who encounter you. But do you mind just taking a moment for somebody who knows nothing about Christ, they pull up to the gas pump, you get in this conversation and they're asking and they're, they're pining for it. Nobody's waiting in line behind them. What do you say? Uh, usually when someone comes up to me and they, they usually start off with the question, something along the lines of why are we having so much uh, difficulties in the world? And I've, I've never seen so much ugliness, so much upheaval. And why are all these things happening? I don't understand what's going on. And for me, my best response is to acknowledge the fact that these things do happen as a direct result of our world and its fallen state Mm -hmm. and how everything, including us, including nature, uh, everything down to the microscopic level is fractured uh, Mm -hmm. due to... uh, sin being introduced in the world through man's rebellion, which started with Adam and Eve. So to me, all the symptoms of our culture, whether it's the rioting or the brutality or the racial political disconnect, uh, these are all legitimate and real and, 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 and very uh, important issues. However, they're mere symptoms. And so Mm -hmm. to me, you have to, we have to, as believers, as Christ followers, have to approach this with a sort of surgical precision where we have to diagnose the true root of the illness because all these uh, symptoms are downstream of a much bigger otherism, and that's the fact that we live in a world full of sin. So I have to lay that out to people just to get them to understand that nobody walking this earth is perfect, that we all need, we all need God, and because our world is, is imperfect, uh, it, it has to be that way simply because, you know, God who is perfect and righteousness and justice uh, set it up that way because in our fallen state compared to his righteousness, we can never bridge that chasm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, God being equally perfect in mercy and grace and love allowed himself to put on flesh in order to walk amongst us, live amongst us, and receive the due penalty that we deserve. Therefore, we could be made right with him. So that's where the, the hope comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where, the, where the, the, the true message of the gospel comes from. And because of that hope, which lies in the resurrection, we can lay claim to that because if we believe in that and we receive that, then we have a promise of a better life than the one we have now. And so one of the things that I tell people is, you know, thank God that this isn't the best that we have to look forward to because someday we're going to be guaranteed a new heaven, a new earth, and a new body. Yes. Amen. John, when you started speaking, you used the word personal revival, just those people that the Lord places in front of us, right? Throughout the day, whether it's at Sam's Club or, you know, whatever place of work, you know, our children or whoever we come across, right? And and it made me think of the old quote that the Lord doesn't see a crowd. He sees a person. He sees an individual. Jessica, we know the power of your prayer and your witness. So thank you 
So um, to be able to share this story, the ultimate defining reality of who, who we are, who Jesus Christ is, as you just articulated, John, is important for all of our listeners. And you also beautifully illustrated a way of, of doing that, of entering into a place of their angst or frustration and to reposition it rightly. In, in the big picture of who we are in Christ. I'm so grateful for that. And by the way, folks, that's something that we are going to be working on again, commercial uh, Saturday, David leading us for seven weeks of encountering the Holy Spirit more fully and to more fully discover the story in our own lives, that it becomes more than just quote unquote, a story, right? It becomes the defining DNA of our existence, of our hearts, of our passions. So with that, let's turn to David. David, how are you? What is revival? How do you understand it, David? You've been throughout the world. You've been to India 16 times. You've uh, led uh, 5,000 pastors, have ministered to them to help them understand this. What are signs of revival? On a personal note, you know, I tried to live a Christian life. um, And it wasn't until I had a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit that everything changed. And when I heard the voice of God um, for the first time, and he called me out and, and uh, you know, just, just totally transformed me, that living voice transformed me. It wasn't anything that I could do on my own by reading enough, trying to perform enough or achieve anything biblically. It was because he spoke and I was literally changed. Mm-hmm. And it, it was so transforming in my life. I couldn't. Nobody could shut me up. I literally ran down the street. Uh, I searched people. I waited for the Lord to speak to me about people. I hunted people down. Um, I prophesied to them. I laid hands on them. I looked for people to pray for. And that same transforming one night encounter with the Holy Spirit is what burns in me. And I believe that when people have those same, uh, same types of encounters, um, that they move out of religion and into a relationship mm-hmm. that is, um, unlimited. And what I mean by unlimited is, you know, <clears throat> the church as a whole sometimes settles for what I believe the wrong definition of a Christian to be. And that is just somebody that comes to church um, and participates and be, you know, and is a member of a church. Um, Jesus said it this way. He said in Mark, in, in Mark 16, he said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will heal the sick. They will lay hands on people. They will recover. They, excuse me. They will recover. They will be my witness. They will go into the world and they will represent me. Not only represent me, but they will carry me and introduce me to the people. And so my, my definition of, of revival is people um, that, ha- that have had that one-time encounter that they'll never be the same again. They'll never be able to shut up. They'll never be able to stop talking about um, the encounter with the Lord. And and because they know the Lord and know the Lord's voice, they then rely on the voice of the Lord to carry them through life, to drive them into the streets, and to literally find the broken, the lost, the lame, those who are in need, and begin to do what Jesus said would happen, that they will lay hands on the sick. They will prophesy. They will see the supernatural happen in their life. And so that's my definition of revival. My thirst and heart is uh, for one person to have an encounter, then two, then four, then eight, then Mm -hmm. 16, then 32. And it just multiplies because people can't stop um, witnessing this living Christ. And so my hope 
on Saturday nights as uh, we begin to um, call and pull on the Holy Spirit that uh, no matter how people come in, that they leave in a different transformed manner because they encountered the Lord in a way that they never did before. And so my hope is that that Toledo literally is set on fire. Mm. That uh, there are there are giant killers awakened mm. in this city to do supernatural things. And so that's my heart. That and that's my hope uh, with Saturday nights and and uh, even on the Friday nights. That you know, just it only takes one moment, one encounter with the Holy Spirit, and just the fire begin to spread throughout the city. That's amazing. And um, thank you so much. The Herzogs and the Canards with us and David with us tonight. Shelly Kindred with him as his wife, very much in mission, which I just want to punctuate how important it is to us um, to be united first and foremost with our spouses, to seek that revival with the one whom God called us to be kindred with, to image the Trinity. So just again, going to repeat this commercial. This coming Friday is the first Friday revival night at Swan Creek, 515. Bring your supper. Expect some beautiful, uplifting worship, some impactful stories, transformational stories, and some ministry, some outreach, um, some prayer that's very powerful. We're going to be there, and we invite you to join us. You can find out more at oneheartonecity.us, oneheart. OneCity.us. And then the next day, 6 p.m. at Rust Belt, uh, awesome little coffee shop, wonderful people who own it. Uh, go to vineyardtoledo.org, a seven-week series led by David. So I want to make some points here to uh, those of us who are Catholics who uh, have a unique wiring. We all have unique wiring, but Catholics have a unique wiring. We, we have confidence as Catholics in a fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ. And the question that we that I press all of us to consider is, are we living it? Are we living in that fullness that Christ gave us and poured out through his Holy Spirit? And Pope Benedict, if you need this, the Jesus of Nazareth trilogy, these this masterful unpacking of scripture with his brilliance and his heartfelt attention to this, the heart of it, if I were to summarize, is the heart of religion and ritual is relationship. I'm echoing what David said. So our Pope, the one prior to this, said this, the heart of ritual and religion is relationship. I also want to point out, folks, those of us in this very area, in the past two Januaries, I'll just refer to this past January, the Encounter Conference led by Father Matthias and Patrick Rice, united with uh, Randy Clark, a phenomenally internationally known believer and uh, revivalist, if you will, uh, took place Seagate Center. 3,000 people showed up. Folks, at least 500 testimonials to miraculous healing, by the way, including a bishop. The bishop from Green Bay experienced a miraculous healing. It was, as David said, as the Herzogs are referred to, as the Canards have, it was an awakening to the love of God that was so intimate, so beautiful. It was a power of the Holy Spirit that moved. One of my dear friends, who I describe as very devout, prayerful, praise the rosary, adoration, very devout in his Catholic faith, came to this, gave it a chance. His comfort zone was stretched a little bit, but he said, Greg, I was blown away at prophecy that was spoken to me that no one else could have known. Then they prayed over me and my life is is different. So it's falling in love, folks. Which of us maybe feel that we, you know, as Peter Herbeck speaks of a loveless marriage, how many of us feel like with God, you know, we've got maybe the the furniture of faith, right? We maybe you know you know go to our go to church, right, and pray, but we're feeling uh, an absence of of that presence of love that God desires us to have. And oh, by the way, 
There's going to be seasons of darkness. There's going to be seasons of desert. This is not about emotion. It's not about just worshiping emotion in the name of God. It's not about a kind of personality. It's about the lifeblood, the spiritual lifeblood that flows through us, that God desires us to have. Now, David referred to something here after he had this powerful encounter, prophecy. It's a particular gift that David has had, and he's shared with us in the past, and we've all experienced this, where demons have been cast out, physical miraculous healings have taken place, but maybe um, a, a powerful gift that God, I believe, wants to give us all, and to some extent we've experienced it, is this gift of prophecy. David, tell us, what is prophecy? And maybe, you know, what can we hope in opening our hearts to the Holy Spirit in being ministered to and being ministers of the heart of the Father through this gift of prophecy? Well, prophecy is, is really a gift that is available to everybody. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and prophecy is listed as one of those gifts. And, and Paul, in explaining the value of prophecy, um, in First Corinthians chapter 14, he says, I pray that you would all pray in tongues and even more that you would prophesy. Mm. And, you know, prophecy is something that is not really understood um, throughout most of the church. It kind of has a mystic, mystical feel or, or um, you know, a lot of negative connotation with it because people are afraid. Um, but the reality is this. Uh, the Lord promised in the latter days, in Joel chapter two, that he would pour out his spirit. Mm. And when he poured out his spirit, that there would be dreams and visions given to people. And that's the essence of what prophecy is. Prophecy is not something that, you know, the way the gift flows in me is it's not something I make up or, you know, try to make mm. somebody feel good. I only say what I see the Lord show, show me in vision. And I learned early on um, as I as I began to pray in the spirit that the Lord would begin to show me visions. And when he showed me visions, um, I would ask him questions. And when I asked him questions, he would he would answer me. So it was really this relationship of me learning the, the way the Lord is speaking to me. And then um, as I learned his intent, his heart and learning what his intent is with people. Um, I could take the vision and I could learn to literally flow through that question and answer process with the Lord. And he would speak to me in the midst of the vision as well. And so um, when, when I'm standing in front of a person and the Lord begins to speak to me about that person with a vision, I'm literally just taking the vision and prophesying what the Lord is showing me. Um, I'm revealing to the person, the intent and the heart of the Lord. and you know, that prophetic walk is really the way Jesus lived his life. Um, in John chapter five, mm -hmm. Jesus said this, he says, I only do what I see my father doing, meaning that Jesus, the, the Pharisees were confounded. They, they lived by trying to philosophically apply the Bible to their life or, or uh, the Torah to their life. And Jesus came with this completely different operating system. He came <laughs> knowing the spirit of God. And because he knew the spirit of God, the spirit of God led him through life, led him from place to place. Sometimes it was the woman at the well. Sometimes it was the 5,000. But no matter what, the pattern was Jesus went into prayer. He got the vision of the Lord. And then he went and did and spoke what, what the Holy Spirit was revealing to Jesus. 
And that's really what prophecy is. And so through my personal prayer time, I spend a lot of time in prayer, um, not because I have to, but because I'm in love with the Holy Spirit. I love the presence of God. I absolutely thirst still to this day to get up every morning uh, and, and I pray in the spirit and the Lord begins to speak to me every day of my life. If it didn't work that way, I probably wouldn't still be in love. And so that is the fuel of my love uh, for my Lord and Savior. And so all prophecy is, is that same love that I have for my Lord and Savior. He takes me places. He sends me to, he, he has sent me to, to India for the last five years. He sends me to, to different places. He's, he's, he, he actually sent me to meet Barb and Bill. So, <laughs> so um, that, you know, I, I met Barb and Bill. Um, uh, through some con- through a different connection, but the reason my wife and I went back to the Vineyard Church where Barb and Bill are is because the Lord gave me a vision about um, with the word Ontario on it, and I came to find out that the the Vineyard Church is on Ontario Street, and so I've learned to follow the Lord in my own personal life um, through prophetic vision, and I've I've developed um, a trust with what the Lord is showing me. So that whenever I, I begin to minister to people, um, I know his heart is for people to such a degree that he's just going to start showing me vision for people. And that's that's what I do. That's when he sends me places. I that's that's where my confidence is, because um, he speaks to me every day in that fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that um, he's not going to send me to a place and then not uh, provide the mm-hmm. vision for he wants me to minister to. I love everything you said there, David, and particularly that it begins with continuing, continually cultivating your own love relationship with God. And as you indicated, it's not just a, a chore or something, a uh, labor, a duty. And certainly for beginners, that that's important to start out and make the commitment. But when the Spirit took you over, it's a it's something you look forward to. It's something you do every morning to maintain that love relationship with God. And then from that, flows that that his life within you the john 5 doing whatever the father asks you to do and being present for our listeners at one of our nights the third night of revival a month ago or so whenever it was i just want to give testimony david was the leader that particular night and at least four of those whom he ministered to and it was a public thing so we had i don't know 60 people there and uh, david um, was moved to call them out and and to identify connect with it, it wasn't anything that uh you know exposed anything that caused them to be particularly vulnerable. It was clarity about their life. It was images and clarity of what is and what will be. And at least four of those people I knew personally, and I'll say they were profoundly moved by um, the prophecy that God ministered through David to them to this day. It it continues to unveil. And another key piece here, um, I think, is that, as David says, this is not about like a superstar person on the stage with exceptional gifts. Not that God doesn't equip certainly people with different gifts and in different degrees. Yes, got it. But what David said is God wants us all, wants us all to be so in love with him, to experience that love and to operate, for it to flow through us to other people, to look through eyes of faith. A great statement that we speak often from Frank Sheed in his book, Theology and Sanity, to see the world sanely 
is to see it God-bathed. How transforming that could be to look at our spouse, our children, through the eyes of God. God, what is your heart for these people and how that moves us to speak to them, to love them, to act? I want to speak to Jessica for a second or ask you, Jessica, to share a powerful experience that took place a few weeks ago. You're with John and you guys found yourself into the early morning. So, you know, we're on the same page of what I'm looking at, asking you to maybe give some testimony to of how the Holy Spirit moved that particular day and night. Okay. Um, We were uh, visiting my younger brother and his family in Tennessee and it was a birthday party. After the birthday party, we were just kind of hanging out and talking. um, and the spirit just kind of led for us to gather as a family um, and just spend some time in prayer and worship. I will just say that God's glory was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it came in a mighty way and it, it felt, I haven't experienced that in a very long time where I just felt like his presence, his His glory was just so heavy in that room. A lot of clarity was given that night to both John and myself and even my other family members that were there. Um, and I feel like some clarity was given to my mind um, just so that I wasn't so, I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, I guess in chaos, I felt chaos at chaotic mm-hmm. at times in my life. And, mm-hmm. and it felt like that was just kind of like lifted from mm-hmm. me. Um, I felt this freedom that I haven't felt in a long time um, from a lot of things that the devil likes to bring up in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I've had to fight, uh, spiritually multiple times. And I, I just feel like, uh, God was just kind of shifting my focus to be more on him. Um, and what he wants us to do as a couple and individually. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a very refreshing, um, very life changing moment. I didn't want to leave. I did. I didn't want to leave his presence. It just felt like waves were just like coming That's and it beautiful. just, it was just amazing. I don't know how else to explain it, beautiful. but it was just an amazing moment of time. I know that my God still moves like this mm-hmm. and he still meets you where you are like this and he ministers to you and he's, he is just constantly doing that. And so it was just awesome. It was an awesome experience. Jessica, thank you. Let me mm-hmm. ask you a pointed question. Do you feel like um, maybe, uh, you look now with eyes to be aware of of how God is wanting to pour himself out in unique ways all the time as a result yes, of that. A- yes, absolutely. I, I feel like there he's always doing that. It's it's I feel like it's up to us to be open, mm. our hearts to be open to receive. Um, and I feel like sometimes we get so wrapped up in this world and the stuff that's going on in this world and our hearts and our minds are just are not focused on him, um, and to what he wants to do in us. So I yes. feel like it's really, it comes down to us. I don't, I, you know, he's, he's there. He doesn't leave. Um, we're the ones that, that walk away. Yes. <laughs> so yes. it's not, it's not him doing the, the moving. It's us. Um, if we feel far mm-hmm. from him, it's us. He's, he doesn't move. Yes. Um, so I feel like, yes, he's always constantly pouring out. If, if, uh, if you want to receive it, your heart, your heart will receive it. Streams of living water meant to flow through us. John for the woman at the well, which is going to define, by the way, the Friday night revival nights. Again, we did it the first three nights. 
why stray from this powerful image that, that is uh, iconic of what God is doing today, the woman at the well who comes to him and uh, he sees into her life with prophecy that David spoke about that turned her heart to, hey, there's something going on here. I perceive that you're a prophet because she's a detective. And then, uh, you know, he, he she's in sin, right? And, you, you know, if you study church history, she became uh, the instrument of one of the most vital, vibrant Christian communities ever. And um, just taking sort of the baton from what you said, Jessica, this is what God desires of us. God desires us to cultivate a culture where we are aware of the power of the Spirit, where we are speaking about it, and we're, we're being formed by it, and we're ministering to one another in it, that it, it defines our existence more than just the Schleter family, or the Cuppet family, or the Kennard family, or the Herzog family, or these families that we're united with, that it becomes more than just moments, but a movement uh, that defines our lives. This is what burns in our hearts, folks, and, you know, going to John 6, it's that same thing that Jesus says to Peter, you know, aren't you going to leave too, after he pro- proclaims the truth in that case of the Eucharist, but same thing. Where are we going to go. When you encounter the love of God, there is nothing else. There's no pursuit that surpasses what we're here sharing tonight on the phone. And and these are the days. These are kingdom days. The kingdom of heaven is upon us. And this is the reality that God has destined us for eternity. And he says, you know, you don't need to wait for that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm praying before all of you who are listening right now, Lord, you know, awaken me all the more to realize that you don't want us just to be knowing words and reciting empty prayers. You want us to be living in the reality of relationship with you that is appointing and anointing and transforming and healing. I want to go back to you, Herzog's, um, Talk a little bit about this beautiful union called merge of leaders. And just for Catholic, the benefit of pastors in particular, this just struck me that on a monthly basis, these dynamic men and women, pastors and leaders gather together without a concern of control over their own parish, their own turf. They are coming together with a heart for the kingdom to see God's will be done in this area. Share with us a little bit about uh, Bill and Barb, about your experience with that and what you've experienced over the years. We started with just a, you know six, seven of us as friends, pastors, but we've really um, come together, which is kind of unusual for leaders, but we come with no agenda, um, which I think helps many just to relax. There's mm. We don't come to teach each other. You know, we don't come to correct each other, but there's this... Uh, opportunity just to come we're going to worship we're going to pray uh, and the really the prophetic ministry happens a lot we have you know a lot of gifted men and women in the room and we've watched um you know we've watched uh, actually people called into uh roles you know uh, we've watched men and women be extremely encouraged uh to to keep moving forward and so, you know, it's, it's really uh, built on relationships for pastors and leaders to have friends. Um, and again, probably get back to where they can't be in their own local church, where it's just you kind of just dial down and and let's let God move among us. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's the best part about it. It's there's no real agenda other than to let the Holy Spirit move among us. We're going to pray. We're going to worship first. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to see what the Holy Spirit's doing. And 
And then, you know, like we do at any church gathering, we're going to eat at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Barb. Yeah. You know, it's really what we've seen happen is, is um, church pastors, uh, city leaders out of different denominations coming together in a spirit of unity. We're building relationships. And through that relationships, we're um, expanding the kingdom because we're not in competition with each other. We are actually on the same team. Mm. And so um, we, it's just, it's been amazing actually. And we meet once a month. It's on the third Thursday. We move it around the city, um, different churches hosted or different uh, Christian organizations will host it. Um, we watch the gifts operate for some leaders um, that it's kind of a stretch for them view the scriptures quite the same way, but they're coming and they're being stretched and and being touched by the Holy Spirit. So folks, a word, the root word of church, ecclesia, and it's Latin, uh, literally means to be called out. And they're really two G words. You know, we get when we hear the word church to gather. We get that we come together in a sacred place to especially maybe encounter God. But we often forget the other G words. So there's gather, but we forget that we're meant to encounter, but to be so filled that we can't help like the Pentecost to overflow, to go, to go, to go, to go. We are called to go. It has to be more than just mechanics. You're hearing tonight that, that it is this fresh anointing of the spirit that moves us, that stirs up within us this great love that we can't not go, that we can't not bring the love. We overcome awkwardness. We overcome fear in our movement with mass impact. We talk about uh, husbands and wives, putting that flag in the sand once a week and bringing your family for meaningful talking and praying. And we know most fall short from that. And I'll say that this is... One of the absolute keys that, and I can't say it strongly enough, um, that we need to overcome a kind of ritualism. What is that? It's a sufficiency in ritual, thinking that I'm good because I pray, I go to mass, I pray the rosary, whatever I do. We think we're sufficient, but we're, we're languishing if we don't have the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit isn't the guide, there's this heresy called Pelagianism, which means kind of, we think we can accomplish salvation by our performance. And so many right now, Catholic or non-Catholic, I've heard brothers and sisters who aren't Catholic experience the same thing. Any church over time is going to have a kind of ritual. They're going to have a kind of order, and it can get stuffy. So what David is speaking to and what God offers us is this vitality, this life in the Holy Spirit. And uh, a phrase that I read on something that you promoted, Barb, is the church has left the building. The church has left the building. And by the way, folks, in these end days, we don't know the day or the hour. But um, the COVID circumstances have dramatically altered the way we think about church as being confined to these physical locations to the need to respond outside of the church and to bring God's presence. Tell us about some of those ways that um, you've been moved, Bill and Barb, uh, to, if you will, you know, bring the presence of God to be church outside of, quote unquote, the building. When we finally did start meeting again, uh, we started meeting uh, in a park. And even during COVID, we were doing some pop-up worship with some of the other churches. And we would just gather at Ottawa Park mm. uh, in their amphitheater. And we would just worship and pray together. And so um, we meet in a coffee shop. So we're not your typical, we don't have your typical church building anyway. So um, we then, um, because the coffee shop is a little bit on the smaller side, we when we started gathering again on Sunday mornings, we started meeting outside uh, at Ottawa Park. And then we have done some in our yard. Mm -hmm. And 
on the weeks that we do it at our home, um, we go through and flyer the na- flyer, flyer the neighborhood, inviting all the neighbors to come, and um, at least giving them the warning that we're going to be <laughs> worshiping outside, <laughs> so that if they hear this music at ten o'clock in the morning, they'll be aware that of what's going on. But um, we've seen our neighbors actually sit out on their back porch. Uh, we've had them come. Um, we've got two little girls that are like three houses over. And when we do it in our yard, they're the first ones here and they are so excited. And so, um, it's just, we've been doing, um, the church, we are the church, the church isn't a building. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is the church can gather anywhere. Yes. Um, and so that's what we've done off and on. We go back to the building and then our our people, the people that we uh, pastor, have been very flexible, and so um, they're happy to meet outside and they're happy to meet inside. But um, we just love being together, and so I think it has forced um, COVID has forced uh, leaders to look at how we um, how we do things, and we are the church; it's not the building, That's and right. so we can. Wherever we gather, it's the church coming together. That's awesome. Folks, you are tuned into Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schlederworth. We're with some beloved friends, mission friends, kindred and ministries, seeking the heart of the Father, seeking to live in the fullness that God calls to do. And uh, just mindful that when we do that, chains are broken. Lives are transformed. Politics, as important as they are, evaporate. You know, the, the denominations, as we know them, evaporate. The fundamental encounter with God, you know, emerges and is transformative. Healing takes place. Um, relationships take place. And uh, we're going to maybe, before we have a final concluding commercial, uh, we're going to take the risk right now. I'm going to open the door, maybe have David lead us. In, in t- a time of prayer right now, we're going to go there and uh, just enter into a time of prayer and ask God to illuminate in our hearts and minds maybe a word that he has even for some of you listening right now, that God loves you profoundly. He sees you. He sees where you're at. He sees where your heart's at. He sees your relationships. He sees your concerns. And uh, just to maybe affirm that some of you right now, that God sees you, that you're here for a reason, that he wants to do something with you. Just going to hand it off to you, David, to lead us to join you in, in prayer and prophecy. Awaken my soul, come away. Yeah, I just, I just believe that Paul's prayer is so applicable right now that, you know, he prayed for the people that their hearts would be flooded with the light of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And um, I just... I just see uh, fishing rods um, being cast out and uh, hooks, um, you know, just capturing the hearts of people. And I I believe that there are people right now that their ears are perked up, um, their their hearts are more attentive than than normal because they've heard the testimony of of the supernatural. And, um, you know, the supernatural lifestyle is, is something that um, and that relationship of the presence of the Lord is something that draws men. Um, the, Bible, the Bible says that nobody comes to the Lord unless they're drawn. And I believe right now that there's people being drawn deeper mm. in the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I just re- release right now um, your presence, Lord, upon those, Lord, that you've perked their ears, that you've uh, made their hearts attentive to your voice. 
Lord, I pray that the power of your spirit would come upon them right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, for the supernatural, that even those who have never dreamed the dream of the Lord or saw the vision of the Lord, Lord, I pray that your uh, your spirit would be poured out upon the listener right now in the name of Jesus. And I just pray and release hope into the heart, Lord, that um, they do have the ear to hear and the eye to see in the spirit. And that they, Lord, would follow your voice and just be awakened, Lord, to this greater, deeper presence of the Lord himself. So, Father, in Jesus' name, let this come upon the people right now in Jesus' name. Reveal our minds and our hearts to you, God, that you would renew us fully, abundantly, without reserve, that you remove all the blocks that we place in the way, God. Make us aware of those blocks, unforgiveness, lack of apology, whatever we've allowed, those whispers and lies of the enemy that are there, we just renounce them in the name of Jesus Christ. Rejection, contempt in the name of Jesus, we renounce you. Lust in the name of Jesus, we renounce you. Fear, anxiety, and discord, we speak to you, and in the name of Jesus Christ, we renounce you permanently. Shame, in the name of Jesus Christ, we renounce you. Inadequacy, I have a sense that there are Particularly, I picture some women right now, moms who feel inadequate and feel like they're never measuring up and they're not good enough and they're they're comparing themselves. So I had comparison to inadequacy. Some of you are hindered and, and that needs to get out of the way because if you'd experience a, a fresh new anointing in the Holy Spirit. So we speak to inadequacy and comparison. We renounce you in the name of Jesus Christ. All right. I see, I see a person who's recently lost a molar and um, I see... I see the person going in, they think they're just going into the dentist chair, but uh, I see Jesus come in uh, dressed as a dentist and begins to insert a gold tooth. The, the gold tooth, you know, a tooth is uh, symbolic of, of the wisdom of the Lord. Hmm. And um, I believe that uh, where something in the natural has been lost, um, the Lord is going to insert wisdom into their life. Um, and the trigger point is, um, if you're listening and you lost a molar, you are going to have an encounter with wisdom. And wisdom is going to change the way you see, feel, hear, perceive everything. It is literally going to be an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We agree. We agree. Amen. so grateful that you've all been with us tonight on this very special episode of Ignite Radio Live. We're so grateful for our guests, Bill and Barb Herzog, John and Jessica Kennard, David and joined by his wife, prayerfully Shelley uh, Capet. We again remind you, um, check out OneHeartOneCity.us. Again, we're doing Friday Revival Nights beginning this Friday at 5.15. Bring your supper, bring your neighbors, bring your friends. It's going to be a powerful experience at Swan Creek 5.15, the pavilion on the airport highway side. We do encourage you, if you're yearning to more fully uh, live, encounter, live, and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, seven consecutive weeks begin at Rust Belt this coming Saturday, September 12th, led by David Cuppet. Blessed to have him here with us tonight. So blessed that you're with us again. God bless you all. 